Okay, well, hello, everybody, and we are continuing our year five celebration here, and we're actually doing a individual interview with each of the cast members. So um, we had a group interview a little while ago, but now we're going to break it down and do individual ones, and I am starting out here with... Bryce. Yes. Hello. And um, anyway, so uh, Bryce is... uh, plays now which characters on our uh, fun and exciting podcast here i play cotter i play nap i play oh gosh um <laughs> it's been a while gray fog gray and the dragonborn who is a barbarian i believe wow i've forgotten who that person is is it rogar i'm not sure because there's Petrin, Heskin, Rogar, Kravash, and Sora. Rogar sounds the closest. Yes. <laughs> well, maybe yes. we should do more Dragonborn things. Yeah, well, maybe we'll do another Dragonborn thing. Anyway, um, yes. Yeah, so, uh, but primarily you play um, Cotter, although that was not your name to begin with. What was your name to begin with? My name's been Bryce, but my character was pretending to be Alistair Breston. And why was that? What was the backstory that you handed to me all those almost six years ago now? Uh, Cotter didn't like the way that his family was treating servants and decided that it wasn't his problem and to run away. Yep. So he decided to take on the lamb and went and became a devotee of Dianect in their monastery and uh, moved on from there. Anyway, so, um, yeah, and actually... Um, we're just going to hit a bunch of the highlights of uh, where Cotter appeared in the story. And you can basically give us your views on all those things. And yeah, the very beginning of this whole thing, Alistair was graduating his monastery. Remember way back then? I do, yes. actually. With our terrible audio quality, the two or even one microphones in the middle of the table. Sometimes not syncing up with the computer. Yeah, there was yeah. all sorts of fun back in those days. Wandering we, down into the uh, Central Valley to go visit the friar in the town. Yeah, and you got there and there was no friar. So what were you thinking when that happened? That's strange. But, uh, I mean, people go places all the time. So Yeah, and obviously yeah. I had to uh, come up with a device to form you all up into a group. And so... Um, you very uh, obligingly went to go and join the militia while you're waiting for the friar to reappear. And uh, then uh, the militia is how you all got together. And then all sorts of fun things happened uh, along the way. But first thing, you all went on a uh, patrol and ended up fighting a bunch of wolves. And wolves one of the most, in the forest. One Fantasy of the, staple. Yeah, and one of the most uh, hilarious things there was you mentioning to everybody when people started to hurt, um, come on, guys, I've only got five hit points that I can give out. You know. <laughs> yeah, so being what was... the party's main healer, but not re- really 
able to heal that much. It, uh, it didn't last long. Yeah, not at first level. Yeah, so you had five hit points of lay on hands, which you very wisely used uh, one at a time to, to bring people back up from being knocked down. And um, so what, what, was, what was the feeling back then when realizing that you were the only healer in the group? Um, I didn't actually expect it to go as initially poorly as it did. Um, like it didn't go well at the start. We were just dropping all the time and I would run around touching everyone, making them stand up again. And then I, I sort of expected it would get better in the next few levels. And then it definitely did when Drew decided to switch to from being a barbarian to being a barbarian cleric. Yeah. And um, actually this uh, reflects uh, we had a different cast to begin with. And, and as we've mentioned many times before, we recorded one episode and then couldn't get together for three months and realized that we just had people whose uh, schedules were just too divergent. We need to rethink this. So we retooled and we uh, got a uh, different cast, the second cast, and that's the one we've been going with uh, ever since. And um, yeah, one one of the losses there, though, was that one of the, the people in the original cast was going to be a cleric. So you were just going to have to be the accessory healer and... and uh, Unfortunately, I, mean, I, I don't healer. think that we built the party in that way. I, if, I don't have a perfect memory of the time, but I just remember being told to make a character and it just sort of fell out the way it did. Yeah, that's basically the way it was. Yeah, you, we didn't um, ever sit down and talk to him basically because the whole basis of this thing was that you were supposed to be just basically thrown together and, uh, you know, catch as catch can. And uh, so, um, but... At the same time, I was also kind of keeping an eye on who was making what, and it looked pretty good. But then, like I said, we had to retool the cast, and all of a sudden, you became the main healer with five hit points of healing. Yeah. And w within the next couple of levels, I would have gotten to be a marginally better healer. And I, I really haven't gone in the healing direction really at all, besides just a, oh, hey, it's available right now, you know? And it has come but, in um, handy. It has come in handy, yes. But... um drew being there has really allowed me to hit things very hard instead of <laughs> hit things softly and manage to heal people all the time yeah definitely but anyways so um after your initial uh, adventures there in Lowford, you were sent off to well uh, excuse me you were sent off to waterfall city mm -hmm. and a couple fun and interesting things happened there um one thing was you ended up uh, becoming involved in a battle in the in the uh, tavern, the very first night you were there. Uh, yes, and the mushroom zombies. And uh, you and Gernval at the time, now Creval, um, left your armor upstairs in your room. You changed out of armor because you know nothing bad was going to happen, and uh, then uh, went down to dinner. And all of a sudden, found yourself involved in a fracas with no armor available. And I got to say, for a dungeon master, that's just gold right there. I mean, you're like, oh my gosh, I couldn't have planned that any better. Um, and the two of you ended up having to run upstairs, put your armor on. That was not the decision I would have made. I would have just that drawn the sword and fought. That wasn't what I did. That wasn't what I did. I ran upstairs and thought, it's going to take me like a couple minutes to put my armor on. I'm going to grab my sword and my shield and hit things or hammer and shield Drew, that is true you let put armor on in like 20 seconds and i was kind of a little annoyed at that but i just ran up grabbed weapons and ran back 
Yeah, and so yeah, you, you made a much more realistic grabbing sword and shield and getting back in there. Meanwhile, half the party had been uh, beaten to the, the earth by that time. It was Hey, it's my job to allow them to fall so mm-hmm. that they I can help them stand back up. It was my whole thing at the time. Yeah, and uh, so that was that was fun. Now, what, what was going through your mind when all of a sudden the bad guys started coming out just as you sat down to dinner in nothing but your uh, street clothes on? My brain was in the, I need to get minimum combat capable as soon as possible, which was get my sword shield or hammer shield and get back and stand in the front like normal. It was sort of a, oh no, this isn't very good at all. Yeah, real good. Um, well, you, you, you did prevail though. That was kind of nice. And then the other fun thing happened um, that took place there at the tavern, although the next day, um, you all sat down and I said to you, and you realize you really haven't had a chance to meet each other, essentially. And then we, um, and then we said nothing. It was hilarious. Yeah, because as I said that, all of a sudden I kind of paged through the backstories you all gave me and realized, oh my gosh, everybody's given me a dark and super secret, super uh, mysterious background nobody's going to say anything. And, th- and that was actually what it started with. I mean, I remember everyone going around going, I'm going to say anything. I, don't know. I, I think I, Drew started off with just, hey guys, I have no idea what's happening or whatever he is. He did, he did go and, um, and uh, draw everybody out, which was very nice. And um, then uh, you, you all ended up opening up, but what, what, what was, what was the thought there when, all of a sudden I asked everyone to, uh, to interact with each other and you, and you all had super secret backgrounds. Um, to be honest, I, that is long enough ago. I don't really remember. Um, I do remember thinking, Oh, well, I can't really tell them what's going on. You know, it's, I could sort of tell what's public, but not the true history, but then you can't really tell what's public without telling the true history, without like leaving a glaring hole of this person's willing to talk about some things, but not others. So it's, it, it was an awkward moment. Yeah. Um, which actually oftentimes make for some of the best role play though. So uh, anyways, you, you made your way through that. And did, did you discover anything from your uh, companions that you didn't know that maybe made you start to think? I think that was the first on camera or like in the party admission that uh, Kerval didn't know his past, but like I don't really remember anything much else. It, it has been what four and a half years now. Yeah, almost five. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, that was kind of fun, um, and also kind of uh, teetering on the edge of disaster because <laughs> the whole group of you wasn't you know wasn't about to talk about your your past there. Which is perfectly fine for a regular D and D session, but it's not the greatest podcast material. <laughs> well, actually, it ended up being quite a fun episode. I thought by the time we yeah. got done and everyone got drawn out and and uh, made up some stories there. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, next thing on the list, um, you uh, exited Waterfall City and you met Robin Hood in the woods there. Who and was we're trying? Like, oh yes, it is our job to help this coup. Yes, as he, official emissaries, of Waterfall he, City. He talked you into helping him out to uh, depose his cousin and do a coup on the opposing barony. That was that was incredibly awkward. Just like the silence after we realized what was happening, and like trying to mitigate, but you're like, nah, you don't have time for that. 
Yeah. Things are happening beyond your control. Yeah, you got you got just shuffled out of the uh out of the castle there, but I remember watching the confusion creep in on a lot of you um, because you came in there and you started trying to attack the Baroness figuring that she was the BBEG of that particular fight and she was like hiding behind her throne letting the troops in front uh, you know do the battling and I remember everyone just becoming more and more confused I mean obviously this was a person who was not a threat so what Mm -hmm. the heck um, and then, you know, of course, uh, Llewellyn comes in and stabs her and she says that there's 12 people between him and the throne. And he says, well, not after tonight. And I remember just this pregnant silence. And then you went, oops. Yeah, I, 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 I think, was it before or after that, that I was like, hey, I want to uh, heal this, uh, heal the Baroness on the ground. Like, can I stop her from dying? And you're like, no, things are happening. Yes, you, you got Maybe basically later. just shoved out of the room and the uh, the uh, seneschal, the new seneschal for the new baron, uh, just hustled you out of the castle and gave you gifts of goodwill and then slammed the door behind you and you're literally out in the rain. Here are some fancy glasses. See you never. Yes. Um, so, yeah, what was the feeling there after you realized that the dungeon master is a jerk and he had tricked the whole lot of you? Uh, it, it was not a happy time. Was that immediately before we went to the monastery with the yes zombies? But and you're stuff? but you're skipping ahead. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we were we were just at an emotional low, out in the rain and the cold. We had no like, we had no shelter. It was like, okay, what are we gonna do? We just messed up and not all was bad. Yeah, and now. I do have to admit that part of this was basically the first half of the adventure was going to be essentially all downhill for you guys. You were going to do things wrong. You're going to get tricked into doing things that were wrong. Um, Basically, everything was going to go wrong. You know, it's like it just kind of steamrolled from there. You know, so you went to the monastery and things were going bad there and and on and on. And just everything goes Uh, wrong. We got caught in Waterfall City trying to leave and Mm -hmm. banned from there the whole time. We, it didn't go that, no, it did go poorly because Danya got shot down or she got her airship crashed. Um, so yeah, then at the, I am getting ahead. Yes. But keep going. You're doing a good job. Steps ahead. Like, oh, this went bad. This went bad. This went bad. You're right. Yeah. So, and then it wasn't until the second half that things turned around and you were able to kind of make amends. But yeah, the, basically the way I, I set this whole thing up was that, yeah, the whole first half of the adventure was just ruination and everything going downhill. I wouldn't say half. But... Yeah, roughly. I mean, in, in half of the story then, let's say. But yeah, anyway, so like I said, you were jumping ahead there. And you went next up to the monastery that you uh, came from. And we'd visited really only... a. a you know, a matter of weeks previously as you left it. And um, what happened when you got to the monastery finally in the middle of the night, sopping wet? Um, There were no people around and there were undead. Yes. The monastery had been overrun by the forces of Lowal. And as although we didn't know anything about him at the time. Yes. 
Um, and actually, yeah, what was the feeling? He's like, you go to the monastery, all of a sudden it's just populated by undead in your holy robes, and they're all trying to kill you. I mean, we we had known that things were going downhill in like a general sense, like across the area. So it wasn't like beyond consideration that, oh man, there are undead moving in. That's just like a kind of standard, like, oh man, there are undead moving in. Things are bad. Yeah. But uh, it, it was kind of spooky that it's like, oh man, I was just here and now it is no longer. Yes, definitely. And actually, there was a couple of fun things that happened while you were there. Uh, one of them was um, Adri used her uh, dancing lights to illuminate the shadows that were attacking you in the courtyard. Um, that was the first inkling that Adri maybe wasn't what she said she was. But I don't know. if oh, I think maybe only Drew caught that. I definitely did not. Yeah. And uh, then you and Drew, uh, well, actually, you know, Gurnvel and Alistair, uh, both got mummy rot, and you had to run back to Waterfall City to get healed. Um, did you ever think you did you think that you might actually die at that point in time? I I unfortunately cannot remember. Mm. Uh, I remember the fight, or I remember the start of the fight. I don't remember the after very well, but I'm pretty sure that in my head I was like, oh yeah, we're we have tons of time we're gonna make it it'll be dangerous but we're gonna make it back in time yeah it actually was pretty tight but yeah you had like i think an extra day of time there but you got there in plenty of time but anyways um back there you you ended up with a a series of misadventures there in the city as well um off to the sewers and so forth Uh, but then you got to see the wizard you actually got clued in that there's some crackpot wizard in the tower in, in town named galchabar and you went to see him and um, initially, he did seem like kind of a crackpot. In fact, actually, I think Yoda, uh, excuse me, Owen said that uh, it's like, it's Yoda. Because, you know, he was kind of basically, I didn't think about it at the time. But yeah, he was playing kind of the, the part that Yoda did in the in the, uh, the uh, Star Wars series where he's, he seemed like this goofy little character. And then later on, you realize that he's, in fact, actually the uh, grand uh, Jedi master but what, what was your first feeling when you met Galchabar in his kind of goofy form when you met got in the tower there it was just sort of a man you're you're asking really far back this is far back <laughs> yeah um I, I couldn't tell you unfortunately I, I would have to listen again to mm-hmm. refresh myself well, you just have to listen to all five years, so you'll be up on this for the next interview. Only, what, 302 episodes by now? Yes. Well, you can skip the interviews, but uh, yeah. Skip the interviews? Yes. Anyway, um, and then you all went out to the Oracle of Umbrium Concordia. Well, you say that like it happened simply. <laughs> I remember this, and this did not go well. No, it didn't. Turns out none of us have any sense of intrigue and just started waving our hands around yelling, hey, can someone take me to the place it's illegal to go to? Well, actually, I I know um, that at least uh, Drew was trying to be as circumspect as possible and was trying to bribe people to not uh, reveal anything. But it turns out that either A, the people you're bribing were, you know, more interested in selling the info for more info for more money or B. Uh, B, somebody else overheard it. Uh, but either way, yeah, you got found out. 
And uh, and I do not know what it is with this party in the skills challenge, but you had to do a skills challenge to get out of the city properly. And you just that one just went down in a flaming wreck. There's just it, no it other way to put it. It didn't quite go down. It it just barely didn't make it. Yep. If I remember, it came it might it came down to either a tie or like one away. Or sorry, not a tie. It came down to a fifty fifty or one away. And. Ooh. But then we were just sitting there like, oh, man, we are going to be wanted criminals for the rest of this adventure. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. Now, you you were able to get around that many, many uh, months later. But, um, yeah, what did that feel like at the time? Um, It it was definitely not good. But, like, looking at the map, I could be like, okay, there are four other major cities. We can go spend time in three of them without potential bad things happening, which uh, didn't happen because we, I got discovered in Kaleskwe of all places, but um, yeah, you're jumping forward uh, again, but yes. But yeah, it's like, Oh man, there are these safe places that are their own separate government unto themselves. They probably don't trade the names of random people trying to go to the places to legally go to, which it it sucks that like we can't go back to our starting base zone, but we have to leave eventually anyway. Yeah, interesting stuff. And then but you did get a chance to go back there once you became rich and powerful people that could uh, command such things. Um, we but didn't yeah. command; we just requested with a lot of money behind it. Yeah, very nice. Well, and a lot of power because you you had the Baron of of. Uh, That's uh, the money. Yeah, of the Great Gate there at. Uh, Port of Magnum helping helping you out. Anyway, um, so anyways, you did make your way out to the Oracle of Umru Concordia, and the Oracle gave you a poem. Yeah. And that was one of the times I really wish I had not turned the record button off um, at the end of the uh, episode because the group of you just started debating what the cryptic lines on this poem meant. And, and that was uh, some of the best stuff. I mean, you, you guys had you know everything from the elemental plane of fire to um you know the underworld all listed where you're gonna have to go and uh i'm like wow this is actually a much better adventure than the one i wrote up uh (laughs) so yeah what what was going through your mind when you got that crazy poem um i believe we were it was definitely a sense of direction like one of the things that this that works with this party is that like you give us a sense of direction and we follow it most of the time. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I I lay out the leads and, and the group of you have been very good about uh, trying to track those leads down. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, Hey, here, we don't know where exactly everything is here, but we do know that it's something that we can track down and hopefully like it is a it, it's steps to victory. It sounds like them at least. And then we went outside and the zombies attacked. Yeah, and that was a, a big moment too because you looked up and your airship was floating away, half of it being torn off of the uh, the body of the airship, and a body fell out of the airship into the mare. Did you initially think that that was your uh, captain Dania? I, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure we definitely did. That okay. was sort of an oh no our friend our one friend and she's dead yeah now you did actually go out there and find the body that fell and turned out to be zombie feet that were sticking out of the mare 
Um, I don't remember that, but yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, you, uh, you lost your, uh, your transportation had to walk out of there, uh, which meant, you know, going from one oasis to another. And uh, then you got a little off course and ran into the shack of the mad mage and into Arlen's backstory. And, and what Oh, that was fun. Yeah, what did you think about yeah. Arlen's backstory? Oh, oh, that part. Never mind. Uh no, no. I I can't. We'll, we'll um, get around the, was, we'll get around the fun part in a second. That was intriguing just the sort of oh hey, there's this dude in the middle of nowhere. He kidnapped people and performed magical experiments on them. It was just sort of oh wow, that that really sucks for you, man, you know? Very and, creepy. And now your life is what was that? Very creepy. Yeah, and now your life is sort of in turmoil because you have this weird magic that causes people to explode. No pressure. Yeah, a little bit of a downside there, but yeah. Um, did you did you like uh, Arlen's backstory coming about? Yeah, it, it came out pretty well. Just sort of it, it, you you most yeah you have a you did a pretty good job of like jump scaring not jump scaring but like in that sort of vein just the backstory jumps out and is apparent to everyone and then you have to go explain like oh sorry this is me actually like this is what's going on but we saw the tiger man and he saw arlen and ran away uh i ran into uh my friend who the swan knight or something i don't remember who he was what his name was started with a c kent kent Kent. that's possible in in Kaleskway? Yeah. Yeah. We'll get up to and that. And it's like, oh, hey, the backstory just jumps into your face. Um, Drew, he ran his own backstory into our faces, if I recall. Yeah, that was a whole nother thing. But yeah. Adrian fell in the water. You were a bit heavy handed with that, if I remember. And that. And then. Of all of us. No, uh, Sorzak's backstory came out the cleanest or came out just like in its own little self-contained bit mostly besides like he he dropped a whole bunch of hints but they were also hints that I was like oh this is totally a joke you know actually and his was the most interesting one because I'd written up when y'all gave me your backstories six years ago I, I wrote up a, uh, you know, where the backstory was going to come to to light, and so I wrote his up, and of course it, it shows up last, and you know he was that you know he was kind of a middle manager, if you will, his father was in the devilish hierarchy, and um, then during the whole time, Matt is like, oh, I'm, I'm the son of Asmodeus, you know, let me call up Dad from the from the nine hells and. I'm like, oh boy, this is really going to be bad when it's revealed. I feel terrible. At the same time, it's wonderful. So, what do you uh, mean by you feel terrible about it? Oh, just because you know he he kind of built himself up, built himself up. It's like when he finally gets uh-huh. around and finds out his dad is like middle management and like lower middle management and trying to get a promotion out of this. It's like that's going to be brutal, and mm-hmm. and and it was. It was very humbling. Yeah. I actually, like, even though it was laying hints, I didn't take them seriously at all for years. So, like, oh, yeah, no one jokes about being the son of a demon 
was like, yeah, a funny joke. And then it's like, oh, hey, there's this dude who looks like him. And then there's this solo episode where they hash out their family issues. Yeah, with anyway, Spears we're and way stuff. in the future, aren't we? Yes, way in the future. But anyway, so yeah, you you uh, end up with Arlen's backstory coming to the fore and having to to fight his uh, and the most fun fight in the whole campaign, pretty much. Well, second most. We'll get to the the most fun. Second in a most. Bit. You are right. But second yes, most. yes, you got you got to do a fight where everybody got to roll on the um, wild magic table. Every turn, it was uh, every turn. absolute chaos. We did something every similar. Time used in action. Yeah, we did something similar with the um, kittens, not the kittens, but you know the tabaxi when they tried to take down the Mad Mage's shack later on, um, and that was they also did. kind of fun. Hmm. But then there was another one we did, and it just—I oh, remember you're right. It just wasn't as much fun. So we, we, we thankfully we never returned to that. But yeah, it was it was definitely a lot of fun the first time, and part of it was just that um, we weren't seeing the uh wild magic happen as often as it should and uh, just because of the way the rolls were rolling out and so it was kind of nice just to have it all appear all at once yeah just this just the absolute chaos of like there's a like five percent chance that you roll something that will permanently affect you outside of this imagine like we roll and like i'm de-aged six years Mm-hmm. to like a 13 year old how would that affect everything just the sort of in like how far in we were like a couple months in yep at that point so like it, it did it had some like inertia like mental inertia of i don't want to mess this up but it was early enough that making massive changes could still be interesting i don't know quite if it would be it would be quite as fun to roll the dice in that manner to use a phrase that's a little too applicable at this moment where we're so close to the end seemingly and things are so important. Yeah. Yeah. Back then they still had time to develop. Now we're, now we're in the the final throes of it all. Uh, but anyways, uh, back to back then. So you, you did make it, you know, past the mad mage and back down to the, um, Old ruined capital, and then as you said, Adri's. Uh, you skipped dropping off the girl. Yes, I remember that. Yes, we we did. You did uh, discover a girl in in the uh, in the Mad Mage's shack there, and and we're able to get her to safety. And actually, that was um, that was a bit of a mistake on my part. I actually admitted that in my Dungeon Master's uh, notes at that point. She was actually supposed to be Orlana, but I realized when you were all rescuing her that she was a too young to uh, be a, a part of the party and b it was too easy for you to drop her off um, mm-hmm. so then i had to introduce orlana later on uh, because we were, were supposed to have another wild ma- mage that was supposed to be exploding all the time and basically causing you guys just chaos and a thorn in your side um, so uh, but it was yeah it was just a little too easy for you to uh, to drop her off so um, that's what you did and then she exploded and killed all her friends. Yes. Which was sad. Yes. Well, that that was also a part of everything's going wrong um, in the first half. I guess, yeah. And Although, I don't know. Like, you're at that point, there is a bit too much going our way for me to really feel like it's bad, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, she she exploded, like, a couple sessions later. But at that point, we defeated the mage. We'd gone and visited the capital. 
which uh, will be next. But like, it, it didn't feel, it, it wasn't quite the just she, uh, sheer progression downwards. We were gaining some of our own victories, even in the face of defeat. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, as you said, you uh, went down and got to the old ruined capital. And uh, that's where, um, not Adri's backstory per se, but an important awesome. fact about Adri yeah. popped out. Yeah, um, she cannot jump through windows. Uh, Very important. That too. And also it turns out she's a half drow. Oh yeah, but like she can't jump through windows and that'll be a joke for much longer than her character's race. Yes. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So she, I, I written up her backstory and, and, you know, had basically had it in the notes that she was going to um, fall into the water here and then have yeah. her backstory and, uh, revealed. Cause it, up until that point, she was constantly like doing her makeup and getting bustled up and things like that. So she didn't show. And did you, I know Drew said he thought there was something a little odd about what she was doing. Did it occur to you guys, the rest of you that, there was something odd going on with her. No, I thought it was just some like in character, like religious thing or something. I, if I, if I'm recalling right, it did not at all come to my mind. Um, her backstory or her character being revealed was kind of unsatisfying because you really hardcore railroaded us instead of letting us railroad ourselves. Well, actually, in, in a way, though, you, you it everything just kind of came together perfectly because you sent her in uh, by herself. And that's really what it was required for her to uh, have twisted that log and fallen into the water. Um, yeah, but I mean, that that's fine. Mm -hmm. It's just the you enforce the fall and you enforce the reaction, which after that, like we reacted. It, it was fine after that. It was just like those two events were kind of a sticking point at the time in my head of, yeah, that's kind of, I, I, it was a little too gamey of this is exactly what's happening now react to it, but it ended fine. Yep. Um, and actually it was one of the more neat bits of role playing that the party did. So, um, and, uh, then you, then you've discovered that the, um, entire old capital was ruined except for one little wing of the castle and you got to meet the last queen of the old kingdom from a thousand years ago was what was your feeling there that was kind of an a uh, interesting situation there yeah it, it was like it was very strange just the we searched through all these rooms most of them are empty one of them has magic items we get in and oh here's a like a was it a library or was it a throne room the library yeah and it's like, okay, here is someone sitting here. And then she's like, oh, uh, but we knew from our prophecy that she was likely to be here. And we're like, oh, hey, it's the person the prophecy talked about. Yeah, and that prophecy like, person is oh, yes. really bright. What? Yeah, that prophecy person is really bright. Yeah, they, they know what they're talking about. And they're good at rhyming. I think. I don't actually remember if the poem rhymes. It does. It does? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Was was there a, a, a you know, hair standing up at the back of your neck sort of moment with the, uh, the fact that you're actually meeting a thousand-year-old uh, queen? Or uh, was it just kind of, eh, it's magic? It, it was kind of 
like just sort of a weird this is the sort of thing magic does and she has sat here for a thousand years waiting for someone to come and ask her what the evil dude name was which is kind of funny but then we discovered a level's name and we got some things and yeah but yeah, and so then that was the the first part of the poem. And the second part, you had to go to the Vale of the Elves. And there you discovered Eloal's tower. and mm-hmm. Or his untower at this yes, point. Yes, turned out it was buried in the earth. And as you went down into this tower from the top where you entered, things just kept getting worse and worse and more and more creepy. Uh, what, was, yeah. what, was, what was your feelings there going into the, the Tower of Death there? Yeah, that, that was, that was uh, concerning. Uh, especially the uh the log or like journal entries or whatever as we kept going down and like time passed and Aloha was doing weirder and weirder things and there are no living people in this tower what's going on here yeah you did get finally some uh, insights as to what was going on with Aloha did, did you think at that point in time that he was a lich or or had had that uh settled in at that point um i'm not entirely sure it definitely was different were we fighting undead the whole time i'm trying to remember frequently yeah you got constantly got jumped by skeletons and ghouls and so forth then it probably was leaning in that direction that some that this ancient necromancer had done something to himself in order to survive this long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then you um, actually ended up uh, being involved in a bunch of fights below the tower, and they all turned out to be what? Illusions. Yes. Now, or mostly illusions. Yeah. Is this the uh, arena? Yeah, the, the maze, the arena, and then the endless plane for the first time. And the endless plane, I remember that. That was... Or, I, it, I don't know if I remember the first one or the second one, but that was that was a fun experience. Yeah. Now, did did you guys realize while you're doing it that it was illusions, or it wasn't until it was all done you went, "Oh, this is all fake." Um. Oh no. I, okay. The first one was that just we tried to kill each other and then die, and dying got you out, or was that the puzzle one? No, that was that was that was the first one. You had you had to kill one another in order to get okay. out of it. That one, yeah, that one was definitely, like, we realized it wasn't quite real. But also, I remember, like, my character really, or I personally didn't want my character to die. So yes, I just, like, you, you held to on to the it. very end. And I just walked and walked and walked. And Forever. Threw my sword away and walked and walked. And, oh, there's a knife in my hand. And walked and walked and walked. And, oh, I'm dead. Yeah. That, that was a, that was a fun thing. Even if it was, like, just this little tiny thing, that was a really fun thing to play i'm glad you liked it um but anyway so then you went to the next point in the uh poem and you had to go to the clouded oasis and you had many misadventures um but the most fun of the misadventures is you came across an obsidian wall yes and this is the most fun fight that i can recall or the maybe the most fun fight that wasn't couched in like our worry of over something else like the dragon might have been more fun but we were so worried it was going to worried it was going to be much much stronger that it didn't really 
feel the same as the obsidian wall. Yes. Well, and this one was fun because, um, you know, you saw each other all in the obsidian wall, but it was your evil versions of yourself. And you could tell they were evil because they all had goatees on, just like that Star Trek episode. And then mm-hmm. they stepped out of the wall and attacked. And the hilarious thing was everybody else is like, oh, I'm going to sandbag this. And then you're like, I'm going to hit myself in the head. And yeah. you, you just I bought know. in 100% to it. And I think that actually drew the rest of the people into actually going with it and, and trying to have their evil selves be as successful as possible. Yeah, good no one ran to the back line. And I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you had to... And he's like, why are you doing this? And I was like, because it's what he would do. It's yes. like, this is great. I'm having such a great time hitting you as hard as I can. <laughs> yep. Um, but anyways, so you got out of there and then um, you talked about dragons. You met Loquax and then you got up to um, Kalesque. And that's where your backstory first started having a little peek out not quite when we were in exclubarium colise oh true uh, we were trying to visit the dots and i saw mm-hmm. my family's sign and i was like i'm not going anywhere near this yes so I, that sort of started yes yes I, i'm not sure anyone caught on to that part but this one was much more they, they there apparent. were quite a few strange looks mm-hmm. true true uh, but yeah, in Kalesque, um your old childhood chum, Kent, turned out to be right in front of you in line and turns around and recognizes you and, you know, says, and Cotter, name, you name dropping, name dropping the real name sort of made it really obvious that something was up. Yeah. And um, then um, the best part was, you know, Kent basically... Um, bought your story but you turn around and none of the rest of the party <laughs> believed you for a moment so yeah so that was hilarious but yeah so at that point it did didn't you, did fully you, did it fully come out at that point no I don't not until you made it to back to porta magnum and your sister uh, jumped on you yeah so uh, but d- at that point did you realize that your story was beginning to unravel yeah it, it sort of felt the uh the the rising tide or the falling tide of the incoming tsunami was like oh there there was something little earlier now there's something large now when it gets big it's gonna hit hard yep um so and actually the other fun thing that happened there is while you're in line all of a sudden you heard someone just say there you are i've been looking for you everywhere and it turned out to be dania um and i, I remember um Jesse being quite startled at it, that, you know, sudden realization that, oh, hey, characters are going to be reappearing in this, uh, in this story and not just be like little single one-off NPCs that you meet by the wayside, like so many mileposts. We've had a few of those, but by and large, we've been mostly seeing people we see over and over if they're not hand-waved away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you went back to Portum Magnum because you had to. Um, yeah, we had to destroy the phylactery, right? Exactly, yeah. And that's where your backstory came to the fore. And yeah, the uh, you made it to the uh, Cathedral of Dianect, but one of the pages recognized you. And upon leaving, I got hugged. Yes, your sister appeared and just wrapped herself around you and dragged you back to the stately Fraser Mansion. And um, everybody realized that you were, in fact, fabulously wealthy. And uh, who knew? Um, 
And, but that was really nice because that meant that the Fraser Mansion could now be um, the Our, uh, home base for you all, yeah. which was kind of nice. And then we had the longest ha- uh, half-hour conversation that I've ever had. And which was which one was that? Uh, I think it was just talking with my family the night of mm-hmm. that. I just did not like any of the words that were coming out of my mouth. And it took us like two hours to like most things on the podcast aren't scripted, but I couldn't get any words out. I liked unless I wrote them down and agonized over them for 15 minutes. Yeah, sometimes we got to do that crutch to get through. Um, but yeah, we haven't had that ever happen again. So that's kind of nice. But yeah, yeah, so you had the huge interactions with your family. I have that in not in the podcast like i'll be writing i've been working on my resume and i'll see words that are i want this to be something different and not these words not these words but i know there's something that'll fit there i think we all do that yeah um anyway um so you then had to figure out the mystery of the plague in town and that was all sorts of fun Um, but then guerneville started going mad uh, oh, and somewhere in there, you also proposed to your girlfriend. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. was kind of kind of a kind of a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so Guerneville started going mad. Uh, it actually started going mad bad in, back in the um, Elvish realm. I remember that. Yes, um, and um, you realized you were going to have to take him back home again before he uh, went bonkers and killed everybody in time for you to get back for your wedding. Oh, right. Yeah. He wasn't even a barbarian at the time. He was a fighter cleric. Yes. He? So um, you got to uh, go and see Kraval's backstory come out. And it turns out that he's war leader of his clan. And it turns out he's not a fighter, but a barbarian. And uh, all of that came out. What, what did you think about Kraval's backstory? Um, you did a pretty good job from what you were given, definitely. You mean you definitely... nothing? <laughs> Got yeah. to make it out of whole cloth. Yeah, just allowing you to create that. Um, it was kind of it, it was interesting. The whole thing, like, oh, there's this other culture just above these hills, just above the city. We aren't allowed to go into because we helped overthrow the city. Oops, and then like, there's all these people. We have to go meet these challenges. We have to cheat in a way that's not um, obvious. And then the other guy cheated in a way that was obvious, so we won. Yeah. And then there was, like, all the layers of, like, working with the matriarchs and the red dragons were still attacking and all that. It was a quite a complex problem to solve, so yeah. Um, and uh, you were you were eventually successful there. And uh, then got back, you know, he got married, you got married. Um, and his marriage was a lot weirder than mine was <laughs> in many, in many, uh, many, uh, aspects. Yes. And, uh, then you, um, got back down and had, um, more misfortune visit all of you. Uh, you had again, sent off to, um, the home of the dwarves, Faramons, and the uh, cousin there wanted you to help her depose her cousin again. 
and uh, or and again, like, uh-oh. yes, and and I, I remember you took a little bit of convincing there. I, I imagine you probably were a little little bit of a sore nerve there. Yeah, I was out of fake identities to use at that point. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't reinvent myself again. Um, anyways, so then you had ended up uh, going down to um, down to the coast again. But this time, um, you ran into the black dragon that you had first run into at the very beginning uh, for the third time. Oh, and was this it? this was interesting because this is the one where Adri died, and it was sad. Um, but then something happened with you. Yes, that was that was an experience. You're like, hey, would you trade your life for your friend? And my first reaction was, why wouldn't? Cotter trade his life for his friends. That's like his whole role. But then I was like, wait a minute. Last week I told my wife that I would return. And like now I'm doing this for someone else. This is something that I have to balance now. And that was a good like 15 minutes, half an hour rumination of what do I do? And then you sort of like whispered like, hey, dude, just like say yes, please. It's it's been so long. And then I said, yes. And you're like, ah, oh, yes. After you die, I'll take you. And I was like, oh, okay. Psych. Yeah. So it was just a test by Dianek to see if you would follow through on your oath. Um, so, but Adri was uh, sprung back alive again and all was well. Um, and so then you went off the coast and discovered another one of the phylacteries in a beholder cave underneath a storm giant's uh, um, castle in the middle of a dinosaur island. And that was all sorts of fun. Yeah. That we had to... Uh get through to the dude whose wife we let escape because she didn't want to be there for a bit. Yes. So a little, little bit of a uh, repair it, um, session there where you try to, to smooth things back over and, and reconnect things. Um, and then you made it back onto land and a Lowell stole the phylactery that you had. And that's been a constant worry for the entire rest of the series. It has, has yeah. Has he taken the real one? Yeah, and at the time you weren't sure. I mean, you talked to Galshavar about it, and he's like, you know, perhaps this was uh, the real one, and he took it back because it's a real one, or perhaps it's a fake one, and he took it back just to make you think it was a real one. You know, wheels within wheels. Yeah. And um, any idea which one it is? No, I mean, like we we have no way of knowing which one it is. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's not uh, one of the real, it's not the real one so far because uh, you've gone and destroyed pretty much all the rest of them and, and uh, you've. Uh, so I guess, yeah, it does have a 50% chance to be the real one. It's kind of Schrodinger's point. phylactery. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but anyways, he put you in the, uh, in the plane of exist, or uh, you know, endless plane again. But this time, you ran into somebody on the endless plane, and it was the mind traveler. Wasn't there a puzzle, or was that the, the next? That was no. that was the second time. This is the third time he put you there. Oh, okay. And yes. yeah, I was just singing falconer songs in my head the entire time. Yeah, so you enjoyed that one very much because you're a falconer fan. And I I did base that entire episode just on one of the falconer song about the the mind traveler. Mm-hmm. Um. And um, then you all had to journey to the Underdark because uh, obviously that's where the next phylactery was. And so then we got to go to Adri's backstory and find out about her um, life there in the Underdark. And, and what was your thoughts on her backstory coming out? Or um, even just maybe the whole trip to the Underdark? 
the trip to the Underdark, it was kind of the opposite of going to fight that dragon. We were really overconfident, I think, going into the Underdark. Like, and I, I don't know if it was really overconfident because nothing really terrible happened, but there was always the threat of something really terrible happening that we couldn't really beat. And we just sort of bravadoed our way past all that and ignored it. And then we went off to fight the dragon and we were constantly like, oh man, there's a dragon, there's a dragon. And then it just died really fast. Well, that's because that was just the red herring dragon. Yes. Yes. But yeah. So um, what, what was what was your feeling about Adri's uh, former life there in the Underdark and, and this, the small amount you got to see of it? It was tragic. Yeah. Yeah. You could see why um, she would want to leave. Yeah. The uh, whole like time there was kind of annoying because it was like hey all your stuff's gone deal with it it was just sort of a we're sitting here waiting for things for time to pass you know yeah drew said the be- the best part about that was it was just so frustrating because you couldn't do anything but yeah. uh you know, like, definitely so frustrating because you couldn't do anything together, i was trying to scrape together material components to like cast a spell i don't even remember which spell it is anymore but i was trying to scrape together a two sticks maybe i don't remember but just the sort of that despite how annoying it was to not have all our stuff being a, like that attempting to finagle something together that worked like magic macgyver just sort of what do i have around me how can i turn this into something useful which turns out it was nothing and we couldn't do anything but it, it was it was a fun time. I'm glad you liked it at the very least. Now, one interesting thing happened while you were there in the Underdark. The party almost got TPK'd by a bunch of illithids. You ended up invading an illithid hive, and the very first fight was really stiff, and then you ended up going up against the Elder Brain after you were all heavily depleted. And mm-hmm. um, Creval and Arlen... We had to run away. Yeah, had to use the what magic items you had left to spirit you out of the room. And the only reason that you basically lived there is that the uh, Illithids were being attacked by the Mind Traveler and his uh, Githyanki followers. Um, is that a reference I didn't catch, by the way? Githyanki, or is that just like something... That's actually a, a, a D&D um, bit of lore. The, the Githyanki uh, have been, well, were enslaved by the Illithids, broke free from them, and basically have sworn uh, vengeance on them throughout the cosmos. So uh, they, uh, they, their, their war with the Illithids visited you right there in the Underdark. In a positive way. And Pretty then we released. had that, we had the mending trip down the boat trip down the river. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Even though we tried to sort of bend their rules and use mending more often than we really could. It was fun, though, the, to see you using it as you did, though. Um, mending, the one spell that's like, oh, this is a useless spell. But no, it wasn't. Turns out. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, you were able to get yourself out of the um, Underdark. And then you had to split the party. And you got a bunch of tabaxi to help you out. Um, some tabaxi went off with half the party to go keep Arlen from exploding. And the other ones went with you. And um, it was interesting because, you know, you, you started out at... Um, oh, did we completely skip over 
what was her name? Or Alana. Yes, we we, we did we basically because because uh, she's really part of Arlen's story. So I was going to talk to Owen about that. But if you want to, we can definitely talk about Orlana. Yes, you picked her up um, early on as you're leaving the yeah, ruined capital. On. And uh, carried her all the way to um, Porta Magnum, and uh, she exploded um, just a little while later. And that was actually the first of the explosions. And then you found out about Aina and other no, ones. I think we knew about Aina, and that's why we were worried about Orlana and Arlen a little bit, but yep. mostly Orlana. And she did. She did explode. Sacrificed herself to save the whole lot of you. But then we brought her back, and that was a cool moment. Yeah, that was that was uh, a big a big thing in in Arlen's arc there, the uh, resurrecting Orlana, sending her on her way. Um, but anyway, so we uh, back to the Excobarium War. So you had uh, split the party, and then you and Noan and Creval, plus several of the Tabaxi, were involved in the huge Excobarium Porta Magnum War, and um, your house, the House of Swans. Um, was tasked with holding down the left flank. Um, and, and we did a wonderful job. Yes. As five level eight or whatever we were uh, combatants would do. Yes. Yeah, so as you can imagine, having heroes of the realm on your side of the, the uh, line, you know, tack down that, uh, that flank. Whereas everyone it else also suffered helped greatly. that we had like 10 soldiers total. So well, you know. that was just, you know, that was the subset that was in your immediate area around you when things happened. I mean, there, as I said, there's, you know, fighting going on to your right, fighting going on to your left. This is what's happening right in front of you. Um, but then at the end of the war, you got the big surprise. Um, well, two of them, really. They said at one point they said, they, you know, one of you all must be Baron of, of uh, Excalibarium Calice because the, the line there has pretty much just stabbed itself to death. Um, but it can't be. Cotter, why? No, no, they didn't say that I couldn't. Anyway, no, the, the, it can't the, be me because I'm going to be Baron of um, ex, uh, Porta Magnum. Yes, the, the Baron the indi- indicated yeah. that you were to be the the uh, next Baron of, of Porta Magnum after he dies. And like, I, I have like, not really real, but it would be kind of fun ideas of like, Baron Cotter Fraser going and conquering all the others and becoming king of the valley again even though like i'm friends with half the barons yes but like just for some reason going off and conquering all the reuniting the kingdom yeah reuniting the kingdom it would be an interesting turn of events especially like, for a follower of dynect yeah i consistently joke like oh you uh, we haven't yet fully decided that adri's gonna run it because it would be kind of funny if Cotter took over a couple of baronies, you know, but uh, I, I, it's not really going to happen. I don't think. Anyways. Yeah. So you um, were successful in the Excalibarium war and um, were reunited with the rest of the group and Arlen did not explode, which is, which is kind of nice. Well, he, he did, but little explosions. But he also could not cause explosions, which yes. was kind of an issue for a while. For a little while. Yeah. Um, and, uh, to that, uh, point you, you went, started going up into the mountains there. Um, and you were trying to track down, um, location, we, one of the phylacteries and you ended up did at we an, skip, sorry, did we skip or is this right now the winter palace or summer palace? Oh no, that was, that was very back in the early part. Yeah. 
Uh, we, we did skip over that one. That was another phylactery at the, at the Summer Palace buried in the frozen waterfall. And then we left the sword, or we left the lightning javelin that ended up in the hands of my rogue, which I used to crit that one wyvern. Yes. Or whatever they were. And yeah, you, that was, you totally that was forgot to, to recover the javelin after you used it. And, no, uh, no, we did remember it. We just remembered too late the ice had already started collapsing. Exactly, yeah. And then the tabaxi found it later, yeah. But anyway, And then so, I got to crit that wyvern, and it was, or manticore, and it was sick. Yeah. Okay. Good. We can go back to glad, the... Uh, glad you liked it. The certain part of the path that we were yeah. talking about. So, yeah, you, then you went up in the mountains, and you ended up at the ancient home of the gnomes. Ah, different mountains. Okay. Yes. And yes, the gnomes. Yes. When did you realize that this was going to be one long, huge pun with smaller puns interspersed? Probably actually like three rooms in. Like it, it didn't immediately hit. And then it like what? Two points are aligned. Three points a curve. You can trace it from there. Anyways, yeah, so it was just one long series of puns, uh, but you came out the other side and you were able to, to defeat the uh, dragon and get the, uh, the phylactery there. And then run away from the other dragon. Yes. And then you had to go to the castle in the sky and that led you to the Vale of the Pegasus. Yes, that was neat, even though I had my ability to escape. Yeah, well, on my own. You, you already had your own flying mount, but uh, everyone else got a Pegasus. And, and this and this was significant. Why? Why was a Pegasus significant? Um, because we had, like, hmm, I'm not sure what you quite mean by this, because we had to get into the sky to visit the... Uh, well, no, wh- where did the Pegasus reference come from? Uh, scouts. Yes, maybe. yes. Yeah, one, 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 one of the uh, junior scouts had, had come up with the idea of the Pegasus, and I told him I was going to put it in my Dungeons & Dragons game, so... There we were, are. Were they were they a patrol for a while? The Pegasus Patrol, or did that? I think they that talked about that. Yeah, I think that. they talked about that. Yeah. So yeah, um, but then you got up in the castle in the sky, and um, many misadventures there. You were successful, but and, the big thing and, was and we, no one's backstory. This came out. this was a continuation of the thing with the dragon, where we underestimate our own abilities. We were like trying to sneak in. And then it took us, what, 20 minutes to run over and take the um, phylactery. phylactery by force after we were found out anyway? Well, if you had like just come into the gates, you would have had to have fought your way all the way there. So that could have been a much more difficult task than in the middle of the night being able to cause a distraction and then run over the to the... It was the middle of the night. It was mid-afternoon. No, it was middle of the night. Yes, after, oh. after, after everything got done at, at the end of the day. And... Um, Anyway, so yeah. Uh, okay, you, my uh, my view of this story has been uh, completely wrong, I guess. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, so you only had to fight a couple of groups because of that instead of... And actually, I did have the whole thing prepared for you to land on one of the towers and have to fight your way down the tower and then fight your way to the next room and fight your way to the next room. I was, I was prepared for that possibility, and thankfully you didn't do that. Um, but on the other hand, maybe you should have done that. Because we did so bad. Yes, it we turns did out so bad. It turns out nobody had any social um, skill points assigned uh, no, anywhere. Do. We do have social skill points. We just put them in all the wrong places, and all our roles were garbage. Yes. if I remember correctly, they they were garbage. Well, it was hilarious because it would be like good, 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 good. Here's the critical role you must make five. Yeah, it's like ah, oh. it's like good, 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 good. Here's another critical role that you have to make. 
two. It's like, uh, yes. Seven. So yeah, it just as Drew put it, I mean, the, the dice gods were against you that entire adventure. And then, but then once we were found out and ran over and fought our way through, we got to the room. Um, Arlen had his spell prepared and started drawing. We grabbed loot boxes off the walls and shoved them in the circle and teleported away just in the nick of time. Yep. Or actually, it was just a little bit too late, and we just got lucky that no one looked to their right as they ran out trying to fight the uh, prisoners we released. Yes, they had they had uh, bigger things on their on their mind. Didn't realize that the real battle was going on just right to their right there. Yeah, but yeah, the big thing though was that no one's backstory came out in the castle. And, yes. and what did you think about what what did you think was going on there? Because it was it was one of the most mysterious ones because you just run into another no one. Um, yeah, that was surprising i actually um never listened to that episode so i just sort of have context clues about what happened you ought to listen to the episode it's very fascinating yeah but on the other hand maybe that makes it more organic for you as a character you know it's like that's this is Mm -hmm. what your character would know and you know it and actually maybe your character wants to sit down with Noah sometime and have a heart-to-heart on what exactly happened maybe have over tea after this is all done if the two of you are still alive at that point well, I hope to still be alive, so uh, I hope no one does too. Yes. Um, although, obviously, you're going into the most dangerous part of the whole thing, so there's no guarantees. But yeah, yeah so but that's I also what... have buckets of healing that I can spend on myself if I need. Yes. And no one has history of running in and getting hit. Well, running in and not getting hit, I guess. Or if he does get hit, only taking half damage, so... But yeah, uh, anyways, so that's where we're sitting right now. So, so, um, not quite true. I mean, you after made it back. we got out, mm-hmm. we went, destroyed the other phylactery, uh, talked to the dude with the enchanted swords. Um, and then we headed off to the tabaxi tree house finally. Yes. And actually, I very interestingly, it. do you remember that very first fight where you all got to play tabaxi? And the treehouse was yes, being invaded. And you were like, oh, yes. And you were like, oh, maybe now that the treehouse has survived, you'll be able to use it to uh, help you look for things. And it took the entire campaign to do that. But even that very first fight way back then, the uh, condition I had set in my mind was that if you lost that fight, the tabaxi treehouse would have been lost and that resource would have been lost to you. And it's like it would have been just this fabled thing like the Library of Alexandria never to be found. And if you won, then it would be available to you later on. And uh, you finally made it there. And Galchabar was waiting with five rings of fire to teleport you to uh, fabulously powerful items that you could use to defeat the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And that's where we sit there after you know partially going through Arlen's campaign. Um, but anyway, so what is your feeling? Here we are five years in about uh, where you started, where you've come from, where you're going to, and uh, what's down the road for you um it's definitely been a great experience the uh, whole thing um over the whole pandemic when we couldn't go anywhere really but it was because we had enough of us in one spot that we were able to gather partially online partially in person and continue to play the game that went nicely um it's it's kind of strange knowing that maybe not immediately, but sometime soon 
this is going to finish, you know? Yep. And then I don't, it's like, I don't know if I would pick up a second campaign or if I would say, okay, it's been six years or five years or however long it takes and how busy I would be after that. But then again, I don't know because I hope to in the next eight months make a ma- make some major life changes, you know? So who knows how things are going to go? Yeah, it's been a very interesting time for uh, all of you to have played through this. I mean, you have gone from being in high school to being in college to almost being out in the working world. Whereas yeah, I, other I people have to I mean, JPL eight times today. Eight different positions. Do that JPL, you need to hire him. Yeah. That that would be really great. Although yeah. I would prefer uh someone of the other one of the other places that I applied to that are actually in the Bay Area. Because LA has its positives and I don't like seeing them. Sounds good. Okay. Anyways. So, um, any last thoughts before we sign off here on what's coming up in the, the next bit of the adventure, this whole wrap up portion. Um, it certainly feels the only thing, like there's so much that we know, like we know we're going to do these five rings, these five circles. And after that, we're going to go off to the underworld. We know that in the underworld, the ring is not the ring. Wrong, uh, wrong franchise. We know that in the underworld, the phylactery is going to be there, and then we can get home and stuff like that. But after that, we we will have everything except for that one. Is it going to be the um? Is it going to be the end of the journey? Are we going to know where Lowell is? It's like we we know so much, but there's also like major things that we still are unsure of. And I wish that we did have a little more time. The uh, moon or the comet approaching, sort of cutting our time short, which is a shame. But it's the we're in the rising action right before the climax, and I'm excited for it. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us today, and it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next part of the story. And uh, we'll just have to wait until then to find out what happens in the next episode. Thanks a lot. Bye.